The Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs, a collection of the final words from the sons of Jacob, exhorting their sons to walk in truth and in righteousness. Each patriarch has a unique message and perspective to share with the audience, containing unmistakable messianic prophecies and visions of end times revelation and impending judgment. The Testaments reflect some of the highest and noblest ethical teaching available and truly foreshadow many of Messiah's own precepts. The collection was preserved in Greek, Slavonic, Georgian, Serbian, Armenian, Venetian, and Latin. They were included in some canons, such as Armenian Orthodox, and were quoted by and alluded to through prominent early assembly writers, such as Origen and Jerome. Nevertheless, they are speculated by scholars to be pseudepigraphal and perhaps even Christian works. However, the avid researcher may be excited to know that the Dead Sea Scrolls findings included parts of Levi and Naphtali, dating to a minimum of 100 to 200 BC, thus lending credibility to the entire work. While we believe the Testaments to be inspired and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness, it is up to you to test them and decide. With that being said, let's study together and show ourselves approved. Shabbat Shalom and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream of our Testament of 12 Patriarch Study. This is Levi. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. So the Testament of Levi was one of the two found in the Dead Sea Scrolls, Levi and Naphtali, which is interesting because the fragments that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls of Levi and Naphtali matched what was preserved in some of the other languages mentioned in the intro of this video. So pretty interesting stuff. Uh, so far, we've gone over Reuben and Simeon. Reuben um, was the one that uh, struggled with lust and fornication, uh, Simeon with um, envy, jealousy, and anger. And we'll see that Levi, he struggled with, uh, well, his his seed, of course, will, he prophesies that his seed will struggle with uh, fornication, lust, covetousness, pride, and many other things. However, this testament is th probably the most prophetic when it comes to our Messiah. So many different things that were just 100% fulfilled by our Messiah, which is amazing. And that's what's interesting about these Testament of the Patriarchs is because they are pre-Messiah. The dating is, some people say, uh, 2nd century BC, 1st century BC. Either way, they're before Messiah. I believe that they were written during the time of Ezra when all the scriptures were being rewritten that were uh, the ones that were burnt in the Babylonian captivity. And to Ezra's chapter 14, we see the rewriting of all the scriptures. I believe that's when this is written, but that's just my opinion. Let's get started with prayer. Heavenly Father, Yahweh Most High, we come before you and bless you and praise you and your son, Yahushua HaMashiach, who came and offered himself up for us, Father. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, to guide us and to teach us, to convict us of sin, Father, and to help us in correction of our ways. Father, we thank you also for words like this, like the Testaments, to help us, Father, to help us guide us on this path, to walk that straight and narrow Father, we just love you so much, and we just ask that your wisdom and your truth would be shown to us, Father, for you're the one who reveals all things. In Yahushua's mighty name, we pray and bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shalom. Let's get with a little shofar, and we'll get right to it. This is going to be probably a long one.
Okay, so here we are at the Testament of Levi, and we're going to get straight into it. A copy of the words of Levi, the things that he decreed to his sons concerning all that they were to do, and the things that would happen to them until the day of judgment. He was in good health when he summoned them to him, but it had been revealed to him that he was about to die. When they were all gathered together, he said to them, I, Levi, was born in Haran and came with my father to Shechem. I was a youth about 20 years old. I was then that together with Simeon, I performed vengeance against Hamor because of our sister, Dina. As I was tending the flocks in Abel Maul, a spirit of understanding from Yahweh came upon me, and I observed all human beings making their way in life deceitfully. Sin was erecting walls, and injustice was ensconced in towers. And this is something that's interesting. Here he says that sin... Is was sin was erecting walls, and it's interesting because we see that it can, it can be done both ways. Well, let me explain. Jeremiah one seventeen through nineteen. You therefore gird up your loins and arise and speak unto them all that I command you. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a defensed city and an iron pillar and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof and against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says Yahuwah, to deliver you. So Jeremiah himself was as a defense city, brazen walls against the whole land. Why? Because he walked in righteousness. Ezekiel 13, 1-15, And the word of Yahuwah came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy, and say you unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts, Hear ye the word of Yahuwah. Thus says Yahuwah, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. You have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of Yahuwah. They have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, Yahuwah says, and Yahuwah has not sent them. And they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. Have you not seen a vain vision, and have you not spoken a lying divination, whereas you say, Yahuwah said it, albeit, I have not spoken? Therefore, this is what Yahuwah says, because you have spoken vanity and seen lies, therefore, behold, I am against you, says Yahuwah, and my hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity and that divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, neither shall they be written in the writing of the house of Israel, neither shall they enter into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am Yahuwah Elohim. Because, even because they have seduced my people, saying, Peace, and there was no peace. And one, now listen here, and one built up a wall, and lo, others daubed it with untempered mortar. Say unto them which daub it with untempered mortar, that it shall fall. There shall be an overflowing shower, and you, O great hailstone, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall rend it. So this is kind of relating to what we're talking about in Levi, where he says, He saw, he foresaw, he observed all human beings making their way in life deceitfully. Sin was erecting walls, and justice was ensconced in towers. So here we see the they're building this wall, but it's it's a false wall. It's a false wall of safety for his people. There shall be an overflowing shower, and you shall, and you, O great hailstone, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall rend it. Lo, when the wall is fallen, shall it not be said unto you, Where is the daubing where you have daubed? It's like the pitch or like the the slime or the mortar. Therefore, thus says Yahweh Elohim, I will even rend it with a stormy wind in my fury, and there shall be an overflowing shower in mine anger, and great hailstones in my fury to consume it. 
So will I break down the wall that you have daubed with untempered mortar, and bring it down to the ground, so that the foundation thereof shall be discovered. And it shall fall, and ye shall be consumed in the midst thereof, and ye shall know that I am Yahuwah. Thus I will accomplish my wrath upon the wall, and upon them that have daubed it with untempered mortar, and will say unto you, The wall is no more, neither they that daubed it. And that's, we know, that's what's going to happen in the last days. When he does return, he is going to destroy all these walls, just like Jericho. On the seventh day, the shofar blew and the walls came down. That's what's going to happen in the end days. The walls, all these, the walls of sin are going to come down. And these people are going to be destroyed along with these walls. Very, uh, is much like uh, Ezekiel 13, 15 says. If you want to know more about Ezekiel 13, uh, we did a video on this probably about three years ago now. Just look up Ezekiel 13, Parable of Vineyard. You should be able to find it. Jeremiah 15, 20 through 21, and I will make you unto this people a fenced brazen wall. So sin can build up walls and righteousness can build up walls. And they shall fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you and to deliver you, says Yahuwah. And I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and I will redeem you out of the hand of the terrible. So uh, one more, second Baruch. And it came to pass, we'll, we'll Start the book. We'll read the first two chapters really quickly, really quick. And it came to pass in the 25th year of Yekaniah, Yekaniahu, king of Yehuda, that the word of Yahuwah came to Baruch, the son of Ner Yahu, and said to him, Have you seen all of this people are doing to me? That the evils which these two tribes which remained have done are greater than those of the ten tribes which were carried away captive? The former tribes were forced by their kings to commit sin, but these two of themselves have been forcing and compelling their kings to commit sin. For this reason, behold, I bring evil upon this city and upon its inhabitants, and it shall be removed from before a, for me for a time. And I will scatter this people among the other nations, that they may do good to the other nations. And my people shall be chastened, and the time shall come when they will seek for the prosperity of their times. Chapter 2. Now listen. For I have said these things to you, that you may bid Yeremiah, that's Jeremiah, and all those that are like you to retire from this city, for your works are to this city as a firm pillar, and your prayers as a strong wall. So, just want to share the comparison of sin being able to build up walls and righteousness, much like also in um, Matthew chapter 7, when he, he likens those that follow, that listen to him and obey him. Um, they're like uh, one who built his house upon a rock and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it prevailed not and the house stood because it was founded upon a rock. And then, of course, the people that don't listen to his ways, it's like them that built a house upon the sand and the winds came and winds blew and knocked down that house for and great was the fall of it. So, um, oh, yeah, here it's in Matthew, I have Matthew 7, 24 through 27. So I just paraphrased it, but if you want to read it, of course. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. All right. Let's keep going. So Levi chapter 2, verse 4. I kept grieving over the race of the sons of men, and I prayed to Yahweh that I might be delivered. So he saw, foresaw that just sin would be abounding, and that he prayed for the sons of men that, that he might be delivered. And ultimately, this is, uh, we've talked quite a bit about the mark of the beast versus the mark of Yah. And the mark of Yah is scattered throughout the scriptures. Uh, and this is one of them. Ezekiel 9, mourning over people and the abominations that are committed. 
Ezekiel 9, verse 4, And Yahweh said to him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and make a mark on the foreheads of the people who groan and sigh over all the abominations which are committed in its midst. But to the others he said in my presence, Go through the city after him and strike. Do not let your eye have pity, and do not spare. Utterly kill old men, young men, female virgins, little children, and women, but do not touch any person on whom is the mark, and you shall start for my sanctuary." So they started with the elders who were before the temple. Zephaniah 3.18, I will gather those who are worried about the appointed feasts, the, the seven feast days of the Messiah. They came from you, Zion. The disgrace of exile is a burden on them. So this is talking about prophesying a group of people who would be in exile and who are mourning over the feasts. I don't know about you, but I am longing for the day that Yahuwah comes and gathers us and then we get to celebrate all these feasts together on the right time, the right calendar, the right names, the right everything. Messiah being there, rejoicing with us. And oh man, I don't know, just some, just some thoughts. So he saw sin erecting walls. He graved over the, the race of the sons of men. Verse five, then sleep fell upon me and I beheld a high mountain and I was on it. And behold, the heavens were opened and an angel of Yahuwah spoke to me, Levi, Levi, enter. And I entered the first heaven and saw there much water suspended. And we know that in Genesis 1, he separated the waters from the water. So the firmament separated waters from above and waters below. So he entered the first heaven and saw there much water suspended. And again, I saw a second heaven much brighter and more lustrous, for there was a measureless height in it. And I said to the angel, why are these things thus? And the angel said to me, do not be amazed concerning this, for you shall see another heaven more lustrous and beyond compare. So I wanted to share, of course, heaven and then um, the heaven and what we are waiting for. Hebrews thirteen fourteen. for here we do not have a lasting city. But we are seeking the city which is to come. New Jerusalem. This is the, the heaven we're waiting for. Um, oh, I guess I did that twice. Um, let's see, previous. So here in the Enoch Dream Vision, we just finished our Enoch study not too long ago. And, um... Here it says, this is the time of Messiah, and after that, in the sixth week, all who live in it shall be blinded, and the hearts of all them shall godlessly forsake wisdom, and in it a man shall ascend, our Messiah, and at its close the house of dominion shall be burnt with fire, 70 AD, and the whole race of the chosen root shall be dispersed. And after that, in the seventh week shall an apostate generation arise, and many shall be its deeds, and all its deeds shall be apostate. And at its close shall be elected the elect righteous of the eternal plant of righteousness to receive sevenfold instruction concerning all his creation. Hallelujah. And that's what's happening. There's a, a generation waking up that Yah is giving his wisdom to, and people are receiving it. Some people are receiving it. Some people are receiving it and then falling away, and some people are receiving it and growing, and some people reject it. And after that, there shall be another, the eighth week, that of righteousness, and a sword shall be given to it, that a righteous judgment may be executed on the oppressors, and sinners shall be delivered into the hands of the righteous, and at its close they shall acquire houses through their righteousness, and a house shall be built for the great king in glory forevermore, and all mankind shall look to the path of uprightness. And after that, in the ninth week, the righteous judgment shall be revealed to the whole world. 
and all the works of the godless shall vanish from the earth, and all the world shall be written down for destruction. But it says down here, And the first heaven shall depart and pass away, and a new heaven shall appear, and all the powers of the heavens shall give sevenfold light. And then it talks about here, um, eternal life. Praise Yah. So he goes and sees the heaven, and his angel said to me, Do not be amazed concerning this, for you shall see another heaven more lustrous and beyond compare. Verse 10, chapter 2, verse 10, And when you have mounted there, you shall stand near Yahuwah, and you shall be his priest, and you shall tell forth his mysteries to men. You shall announce the one who is about to redeem Israel. Hallelujah. And that was, the, that was given to the tribe of Levi to announce Messiah's return. That was prophesied as John the Baptist, Malachi 3.1, Behold, I am sending my messenger, and he will clear away before me. And Yahuwah, whom you are, or the Adonai, whom you are seeking, will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says Yahuwah, Sebaot, Yahuwah of armies. Isaiah 40, verse 3, the voice of one calling out, clear the way of Yahuwah in the wilderness, make, a stri make straight in the desert a highway for our Elohim. And of course, this was John the Baptist. Matthew 3, 1 through 3. Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the master, make his path straight. And we know that uh, through Luke, that um, John the Baptist was um, of the lineage of Aaron. Elisa said his, uh, let's see, his father was of the course of Abia and uh, one of the priests. So we know he was from Aaron and he said his mother, Elizabeth, was also a daughter of Aaron as well. So um, we know that John the Baptist was a uh, Levite through and through. And so let's keep going. So Levi was given the honor of announcing the one who was about to redeem Israel. Verse 11, through you and Yahuda. Yahweh will be seen by men. So through Levi and Judah, Yahweh will be seen by men. Your life shall be from Yahweh's provision. He shall be to you as a field and a vineyard and produce as silver and gold. So it was prophesied that Levi would live off of the tithes, the offerings given to Yahweh, which ultimately was given to the priests and Levites. Deuteronomy 18 the priests, the Levites, and all the tribe of Levi shall have no part nor inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the offerings of Yahuwah made by fire and his inheritance. Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. Yahuwah is their inheritance, as he has said unto them. And this shall be the priests due from the people, from them that offer a sacrifice, whether it be ox or sheep. And, and they shall give unto the priests the shoulder and the cheeks and the, the two cheeks and the maw. Anyways, and as we know, the rest of the tithes were all given to Levi. But in a greater sense, Proverbs 3, 13 through 14, happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. Just wanted to mention that. That was decent timing. So he was prophesied to Levi that he would get the tithes and offerings. Chapter 3. Listen, therefore, concerning the heavens which have been shown to you, the lowest is dark for this reason. It sees all the injustices of humankind and contains fire, snow, and ice ready for the day determined by Elohim's righteous judgment. In it are all the spirits of those dispatched to achieve the punishment of mankind. If you... I'm going to pause there. So that was uh, Testament of Levi, 
verses 1 through 3. If you joined us on our Enoch study, you can see right here, you already know that the Testament of Levi is 100% confirming the book of Enoch. It's There's only one place this is written, and it's the book of Enoch. Let's read it together. This confirms 100% Enoch. This is the four winds. I think we spent an entire Enoch study on just this one chapter, uh, chapter 41. And after all that, I saw all the secrets of the heavens and how the kingdom is divided and how the actions of men are weighed in the balance. And we saw that. We saw that here. Uh, the lowest is dark for this reason. It sees all the injustices of humankind. And it talks about what's ready for the day of judgment. How the actions of men are weighed in a balance. And there I saw the mansions of the elect and the mansions of the holy. And mine eye saw there all the sinners being driven from there, which deny the name of Yahweh Sebaot, and being dragged off. And they could not abide because of the punishment which proceeds from Yahweh Sebaot. And there mine eye saw the secrets of the lightning and of the thunder, and the secrets of the winds, how they are divided to blow over the earth. This is the four winds. And the secrets of the clouds and the dew, and there I saw from whence they proceed in that place, and from whence they saturate the dusty earth. And there I saw closed chambers out of which the winds are divided, the chamber of the hail and the winds, the chamber of the mists and of the clouds, and the cloud thereof hovers over the earth from the beginning of the world. And I saw the chambers of the sun and the moon whence they proceed and where they come again and their glorious return and how one is superior to the other and their stately orbit and how they do not leave their orbit and they add nothing to their orbit and they take nothing from it. And they keep faith with each other in accordance with the oath by which they are bound together. And first the sun goes forth and traverses his path according to the commandments of Yahweh Sabot and mighty is his name forever and ever. And after that, I saw the hidden invisible path of the moon, and she accomplishes the course of her path in that place by day and by night, the one holding a position opposite the other before Yahweh Sabot. And they give thanks and praise and rest not, for unto them is their thanksgiving rest. For, listen to this. For the sun changes oft for a blessing or a curse, and the course of the path of the moon is light to the righteous and darkness to the sinners in the name of Yahweh Sabot who made a separation between the light and the darkness and divided the spirits of men and strengthened the spirits of the righteous in the name of his righteousness for no angel hinders and no power is able to hinder for he appoints a judge for all of them he judges them before all of them so uh, i probably should have just rest the, or the first part but he talked about how he saw the actions of men and then here he saw the secrets of the wind the cloud the dew uh the ice and everything we see here um in, in it are all the spirits of those dispatched to achieve the punishment of mankind and we see and we saw what we saw in the in the um, in this study is that in the last days in the, especially in the book of revelation when you see the hail and the uh, the storms and the wind and the, and um, the lightning and the thunder and the earthquake and all these things are are basically the the four winds all the store chambers that are, are kept up for the last days to bring destruction on the earth. So this completely confirms the book of Enoch, which is awesome. And the uppermost, so back to the Testament of Levi, chapter 3, verse 4. In the uppermost heaven of all dwells the great glory in the holy of holies, superior to all holiness. There with him are the archangels who minister and make propitiation to Yahuwah for all the sins of ignorance of the righteous they present to yahuwah a pleasing odor a rational and bloodless oblation so here we see the angels are giving offerings to the most high and some people will be like what but this is totally scriptural let's take a look at this first let's take a look at dan 
uh, chapter 12, verse 1, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. Uh, Not a whole lot there, but just uh, stay with me. Here's the book of Tobit, which was included in the Apocrypha of the 1611 KJV uh, and many other uh, many other uh, Bibles, uh, canons out there. Book of Tobit 12, uh, 11 through 15. This is the archangel Raphael who came down and uh, did not disclose he was an angel until the very last end here. I will not conceal anything from you. I have said it is good to guard the secret of a king, but glorious, gloriously to reveal the works of Elohim. And so, when you and your daughter-in-law Sarah prayed, I brought a reminder of your prayer before the Holy One. And when you buried the dead, I was likewise present with you. When you did not hesitate to rise and leave your dinner in order to go and lay out the dead, your good deed was not hidden from me, but I was with you. So now Elohim sent me to heal you and your daughter-in-law Sarah. I am Raphael, one of the seven holy angels who present the prayers of the saints and enter into the presence of the glory of the Holy One. Revelation 8, 3-5 And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to mingle with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints from the hand of the angel before Elohim. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth, and there were peals of thunder, voices, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Also here in Enoch 15, and he answered and said to me, and I heard his voice, fear not Enoch, you righteous man and scribe of righteousness, approach here and hear my voice and go and say to the watchers of heaven who have sent you to intercede for them, you should intercede for men and not men for you. So that's the one of the purposes of the angels. Here again, in the uppermost heaven of all dwells the great glory and the holy of holies superior to all holiness. There with him are the archangels who minister and make propitiation to Yahuwah for all the sins of ignorance of the righteous. They present to Yahuwah a pleasing odor, a rational and bloodless oblation. Verse 3. In the heaven below them are the messengers who carry the responses to the angels of Yahuwah's presence. There with him are thrones and authorities. Their Their praises to Elohim are offered eternally. So when Yahweh looks upon us, we all tremble. Even the heavens and the earth and the abysses tremble before the presence of his majesty. And this is one thing I continue to, to, to see in a lot of these, what people call extra biblical books, is it's just anytime someone is taken into heaven to, to see a vision, um, we see um, Isaiah in the Ascension of Isaiah, we see in here the Testament of Levi, uh, and other books that these angels are just constantly singing praises to Yah. How awesome. But the sons of men being insensitive to these matters keep sinning and provoking the anger of the Most High. Chapter 4. Know then that Yahweh will effect judgment on the sons of men, for even when stones are split, when the sun is extinguished, the waters are dried up, fire is cowed down, All creation is distraught, invisible spirits are vanishing, and hell is snatching spoils by sufferance of the Most High. Men, unbelieving still, will persist in their wrongdoing. Therefore, they shall be condemned with punishment. Nothing new 
This is what's happened before. It will happen again. Revelation 9, 20 through 21. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot either see or hear or walk. Neither did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their immorality or their thefts. To Esdras 16, 19-24, also including the Apocrypha uh, in the 1611 KJ in many other Bibles. Behold, famine and plague, tribulation and anguish are sent as scourges for the correction of men. So he sends these things to punish and correct, like, hey, turn from your ways. Yet for all this they will not turn from their iniquities, nor be always mindful of the scourges. Behold, provision will be so cheap or so readily available upon the earth that men will imagine that peace is assured for them. And then the calamity shall spring up on the earth, the sword, famine, and great confusion. Something that a lot of people believe is we're really on the cusp of. For many of those who live on the earth shall perish by famine, and those who survive the famine shall die by the sword, and the dead shall be cast out like dung, and there shall be no one to console them, for the earth shall be left desolate, and its cities shall be demolished. No one shall be left to cultivate the earth or to sow it. So it's happened before. It'll happen again. We also see in the book of Yashar, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man. Jasher 4, 4 through 7, but in the latter days of Methuselah, the sons of men turned from, turned from Yahuwah. They corrupted the earth. They robbed and plundered each other. And they rebelled against Elohim, and they transgressed, and they corrupted their ways, and would not hearken to the voice of Methuselah, but rebelled against him. And Yahweh was exceedingly wroth against them, and Yahweh continued to destroy the seed in those days, so that there was neither sowing nor reaping in the earth. For when they sowed the ground in order that they might obtain food for their support, behold, thorns and thistles were produced, which they did not sow. And still the sons of men did not turn from their evil ways, and their hands were still extended to do evil in the sight of Yahuwah of Elohim. And they provoked Yahuwah with their evil ways, and Yahuwah was very wroth and repented that he had made man. Also, let's take a look at Yashar 6, 11 through 13. And on that day, remember the days of Noah, and on that day, Yahweh caused the whole earth to shake, and the sun darkened, and the foundations of the world raged, and the whole earth was moved violently. Earthquake, sun darkening, earthquake. Where is that? Where is that found? And the lightning flashed, and the thunder roared, and all the fountains in the earth were broken up, such as was not known to the inhabitants before. And Elohim did this mighty act in order to terrify the sons of men, that there might be no more evil upon the earth. And still the sons of men would not return from their evil ways, and they increased the anger of Yahweh that time, and did not even direct their hearts to all this. And at the end of seven days, in the 600th year of the life of Noah, the waters of the flood were upon the earth. So he gave them like one last chance, seven days before, still didn't turn. So what about today? I mean, you have these things that are happening all over the earth. I mean, just time after time, we're seeing like, Millions of fish, or thousands, or hundreds of thousands of fish just dying. Um, birds just falling out of the air. Earthquakes in diverse places. Uh, crazy storms and all kinds of devastation. And they call it climate change. I call it what we just saw from the Most High. He's like, hey, wake up. Wake up. Time is almost up. And this is how you want to act? 
especially amongst each other. Yas people just tearing each other apart, just destroying each other. Messiah has a warning for that. It was in, I think it's in Matthew. My Lord delays his coming and begins to smite his fellow servants. When Messiah comes, if he finds people doing that, if he finds his servants beating each other, says he's going to throw them out with the hypocrites and the unbelieving. 4 verse 2. The Most High has given heed to your prayer that you may be delivered from wrongdoing, that you should become a son to him as minister and priest in his presence. The light of knowledge you shall light up in Yaakov, and you shall be as the sun for all the posterity of Israel. So as a light. We're going to look at Second Baruch 17, uh, 17, 4 through 18. Okay, 17, 4. we got a lot of scrolling to do. 17.4 Or wherein did Moshe suffer loss in that he lived only 120 years and inasmuch as he was subject to him who formed him brought the Torah to the seat of Jacob and lighted a lamp for the nation of Israel. So he lighted a light. And I answered and said, he that, has, he that lighted has taken from the light. And there are but a few that have imitated him. But those many whom he has lighted have taken from the darkness of Adam and have not rejoiced in the light of the lamp. Also, the light. Of course, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Elohim, and the Word was Elohim. The same was in the beginning with Elohim. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from Elohim whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. He That was the true light, Messiah, which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made, made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of Elohim, even to them that believe on his name. Hallelujah. So it's saying here, the light of knowledge shall you light up in Yaakov, and you shall be as the sun for all the posterity of Israel. So we know that Moshe came and brought that lamp, that light, as we saw in the book of Second uh, Baruch. And of course, we know that Messiah is that true light. And we know that Messiah came and he said, don't think that I have come to destroy the Torah. I have not come to abolish the Torah, but to fulfill, to bring to the fullest, to preach fully. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the Torah. But it says here, Levi as the son. Interesting uh, um, dream vision here from uh, Naphtali. This is Naphtali chapter 2. For in the 40th year of my life, I saw a vision on the Mount of Olives, on the east of Jerusalem, that the sun and the moon were standing still. And behold, Isaac, the father of my father, said unto us, Run and lay hold of them, each one according to his strength. And to him that seizes them will the sun and the moon belong. And we, all of us, ran together, and Levi laid hold of the sun. And Judah outstripped the others and seized the moon, and they were both of them lifted up with them. And when Levi became as the sun, as a sun, lo, a certain young man gave to him twelve branches of a palm, and Judah was bright as the moon, and under their feet were twelve rays, and the two, Levi and Judah, ran and laid hold of them. So we know, or again, that Levi and Naphtali were the two uh, that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
So it's kind of interesting here. Those two definitely connect. So the tribe of Levi was tasked to light up the light of in Yaakov. So to bring the Torah and to teach uh, the Torah to Israel that was given to Levi. And Levi himself should be as the sun for all the posterity of Israel. Proverbs 6.23, we know that the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light. And the proofs of instruction are the way of life. Hallelujah. All right, let's keep going. Back to Testament of Levi, chapter 4, verse 4. Blessing shall be given to you and to all your posterity until through his son's compassion, Yahweh shall visit all the nations forever, although your sons will lay hands on him in order to impale him. He foresaw the murder, uh, or, or, yeah, murder of Messiah. Of course, Messiah laid down his life willingly to be an offering, but he prophesied, Levi is shown, was shown that his sons would impale the just one. Verse 4. So we know we're killing Messiah, of course. Matt 26, 1 through 4. And it came to pass when Yahushua had finished all these things, he said unto his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. And then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people, and unto the place of the high priest who is called Caiaphas. So these are all Levites. And consulted they might take Yahushua by subtlety and kill him. Prophecy fulfilled. Let's see. Therefore, counsel. Verse 5, Therefore counsel and understanding have been given to you so that you might give understanding to your sons concerning this. Because those who bless him shall be blessed. Those who curse him shall be destroyed. Talking about Messiah. Chapter 5, At this moment the angel opened up for me the gates of heaven and I saw the most holy, the most high, sitting on the throne. And he said to me, Levi, to you I have given the blessing of the priesthood until I shall come and dwell in the midst of Israel. Hebrews seven seventeen through 28 For he testifies, you are a priest forever. This is Messiah after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh to Elohim. So this is not saying that there's something wrong with the law, but the law itself couldn't make anyone perfect. Because the offerings themselves were supposed to cleanse the conscience of the, the person who did wrong. They'd come and do the offering that should have changed their, their mind or conscience, but it didn't. It didn't cleanse their conscience. It was just, you know, they, they, they sinned and then they had to do the thing and then they were free to go. Whereas this, this offering that Messiah offered did bring in the cleansing of the conscience. And inasmuch as not without an oath, he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, Yahweh swear and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Yahusha made a surety of a better covenant or testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death, talking about the priests and the Levites. But this man, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto Elohim by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. For such an high priest become, became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needs not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. This is talking about, of course, 
earthly priests. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the Torah makes men high priests which have infirmity. They have issues, they have problems, they stumble, they fall. But the word of the oath which was since the Torah makes the son who is consecrated forevermore, who is perfect, who doesn't stumble, who doesn't fall, who doesn't make mistakes. He is perfect. Hallelujah. So he said unto me, Levi, I have given you the blessing of the priesthood until I shall come and dwell in the midst of Israel. Then the angel led me back to the earth and gave me a shield and a sword and said to me, Perform vengeance on Shechem for the sake of Dina, your sister, and I shall be with you, for Yahweh sent me. At that time I put to end the sons of Hamor, as is written in the ta tablets of the fathers. And I said to him, I beg you, Adonai, teach me your name, so that I may call on you in the day of tribulation. And he said to me, I am the angel who makes intercession for the nation of Israel, that they might not be beaten. And after this I awoke and blessed the Most High. Chapter 6 And as I was going to my father, I found a brazen shield. Thus the name of the mountain is Aspis, whereas near Gibal to the right of Abima. And I guarded these words in my heart. Then I advised my father and Reuben that they tell the sons of Hamor that they should be circumcised, because I was filled with zeal on account of the abominable thing they had done to my sister. And I destroyed Shechem first, and Simeon destroyed Hamor. Then my brother came and destroyed that city by the sword. And when my father heard of this, he was angry and sorrowful, because they had received circumcision and died. And so he passed, so, and so he passed us by in his blessing. Thus we sinned in doing this contrary to his opinion, and he became sick that very day. But I saw that Elohim's sentence was guilty because he had wanted to do the same. This is, I'm sorry, the sentence was guilty towards Shechem because they had wanted to do the same thing to Sarah and Rebekah that they did to Dina, our sister, but Yahuwah prevented them. They persecuted Abraham when he was a nomad, and they harassed his flocks when they were pregnant, and they grossly mistreated Eblaen, who had been born in this house. This is how they treated the nomadic people, seizing their wives and murdering them. Think about why why would Abraham and Isaac both, when they went into a town, they'd be like, uh, say that you're my sister. Because this is what they did. This is how they treated the nomadic people, seizing their wives and murdering them. That's why they're like, um, say you're my sister. Because that was, like that was like a custom. But the wrath of Elohim ultimately came upon them. The uh, here's a, Let's just read a little bit about Shechem. Book of Yashar, chapter 34. And the number of all the males that were circumcised in Shechem were 645 men and 246 children. But Chidikim, son of Pered, the father of Hamor, and his six brothers would not listen unto Shechem and his father Hamor, and they would not be circumcised, for the proposal of the sons of Jacob was loathsome in their sight, and their anger was greatly roused at this, that the people of the city had not hearkened to them. And in the evening of the second day they found eight small children who had not been circumcised, for their mothers had concealed them from Shechem and from his father Hamor and from the men of the city. And Shechem and his father Hamor sent to have them brought before them to be circumcised, when Chidikim and his six brothers sprang at them with their swords and sought to slay them. And they sought to slay Shechem and his father Hamor, and they sought to slay Dina with them on account of this matter. And they said unto them, What is this thing that you have done? 
Are there no women amongst the daughters of your brethren, the Canaanites, that you wish to take unto yourselves daughters of the Hebrews, whom you knew not before? And will you do this act which your fathers never commanded you? Circumcision. Do you imagine that you will succeed through this act which you have done? And what will you answer in this affair to your brethren, the Canaanites, who will come tomorrow and ask you concerning the thing? And if your act shall not appear just and good in their sight, what will you do for your lives and me for our lives and your not having hearkened to our voices? And if the inhabitants of the land and all your brethren, the children of Ham, shall hear of your act, saying, On account of a Hebrew woman did Shechem and Hamor his father and all the inhabitants of their city do that which they had been unacquainted and which their ancestors never commanded them, where then will you fly or where conceal your shame all your days before your brethren the inhabitants of the land of canaan now therefore we cannot bear up against this thing which you have done neither can we be burdened with this yoke upon us which our ancestors ancestors did not command us behold tomorrow we will go and assemble all of our brethren the canaanitish brethren who dwell in the land and we will all come and smite you and all of them who trust in you that there shall not be a remnant left from you or them and when Hamor and his son Shechem and all the people of the city heard the words of Chittakim and his brothers, they were terribly afraid of their lives at their words, and they repented of what they had done. And Shechem and his father Hamor answered their father Chittakim and his brethren. And they said unto them, All the words which you spoke unto us are true. Now do not say, nor imagine in your hearts, that on account of the love of the Hebrews we did this thing that our ancestors did not command us. But because we saw that it was not their intention and desire to accede to our wishes concerning their daughter as to our taking her, except on this condition. So we hearkened to their voices and did this act which you saw in order to obtain our desire from them. And when we shall have obtained our request from them, we will then return to, to them and do unto them what you say unto them. So by Yashar, we see that Shechem and Hamor's intentions were to sweet talk Jacob, get them to uh, agree to give their daughter, and after they got married, they were going to go and kill all of them. We beseech you then to wait and tarry until our flesh shall be healed and we again become strong, and we will then go together against them and do unto them which is, that which is in your hearts and in ours. And Dina, the daughter of Jacob, heard all these words which Chittakim and his brothers had spoken, and what Hamor and his son Shechem and the people of their city had answered them. And she hastened and sent one of her maidens that her father had sent to her to take care of her in the house of Shechem, to Jacob her father and to her brethren, saying, Thus did Chittakim and his brothers advise concerning you, and thus did Hamor and Shechem and the people of the city answer them. And when Jacob heard these words, he was filled with wrath, and he was indignant at them. And his anger was kindled against them. And Simeon and Levi swore and said, As Yahweh lives, the Elohim of the whole earth, by this time tomorrow there shall not be a remnant left in the whole city. And twenty young men had concealed themselves who were not circumcised. And these young men fought against Simeon and Levi. And Simeon and Levi killed eighteen of them, and two fled from them and escaped to some lime pits that were in the city. And Simeon and Levi sought for them but could not find them. And Simeon and Levi continued to go about in the city, and they killed all the people of the city at the edge of the sword, and they left none remaining. And there was a great consternation in the midst of the city, and the cry of the people in the city ascended to heaven, and all the women and children cried aloud. And Simeon and Levi slew all the city, and they left not a male remaining in the whole city. And they slew Hamor and Shechem his son at the edge of the sword, and they brought away Dina from the house of Shechem, and they went away from there. And the sons of Jacob went and returned, and came upon the slain, and spoiled all their property which was in the city and in the field.
And whilst they were taking the spoil, 300 men stood up and threw dust at them and struck them with stones when Simeon turned to them and he slew them all with the edge of the sword. And Simeon turned before Levi and came into the city. And they took away their sheep and their oxen and their cattle and also the remainder of the women and little ones. And they all led these away and they opened a gate and went out and came into their father Jacob with vigor. And when Jacob saw all that they had done to the city and saw the spoil that they took from them, Jacob was very angry at them. And Jacob said unto them, What is this that you have done to me? Behold, I obtained rest amongst the Canaanitish inhabitants of the land, and none of them meddled with me. And now you have done to make me obnoxious to the inhabitants of the land among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And I am but of a small number, and they will all assemble against me and slay me when they hear of your work with their brethren. And I and my household will be destroyed." And Simeon and Levi and all their brothers with them answered their father Jacob and said to him, Behold, we live in the land, and shall Shechem do this to our sister? Why are you silent at all that Shechem has done? And shall he deal with our sister as with a harlot in the streets? We'll stop there. If you want more about uh, this scene, Yashar tells uh, quite a bit more, and it gets really interesting afterwards. But for time's sake, we'll just keep it on here. So let's go to... Yeah, so again, so this, chapter 6, this is how they treated the nomadic people, seizing their wives and murdering them. But the wrath of Elohim ultimately came upon them. Chapter 7. And I said to my father, Jacob, through you, Yahweh will bring the Canaanites to nothing and will give their land to you and to your descendants after you. So we see that this is kind of an answer to what Jacob was just like, like, oh man, you know, we're just a small number of people and all these people are going to come against us. And Levi prophesies through you, Yahweh will bring the Canaanites to nothing. Verse 2, for from this day forward, Shechem shall be called a city of the senseless or imbeciles, because as one might scoff at a fool, so we scoffed at them, because by defiling my sister, they committed folly in Israel. And we left there and came to Bethel. Chapter 8. And there again I saw the vision as formerly, after we had been there seventy days. And I saw seven men in white clothing who were saying to me, Arise, put on the vestments of the priesthood the crown of righteousness, the oracle of understanding, the robe of truth, the breastplate of faith, the mitre for the head, and the apron for prophetic power. Kind of sounds like the armor of armor of Yah that we see in Ephesians 6. And also in the wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2 or 5. Excuse me. Each carried one of these and put them on me and said, From now on, be a priest, you and all of your posterity. The first anointed me with holy oil and gave me a staff. The second washed me with pure water, fed me by hand with bread and holy wine, and put on me a holy and righteous vestment. The third put on me something made of linen, like an ephod. The fourth placed around me a girdle, which was like purple. The fifth gave me a branch of rich olive wood. The sixth placed a wreath on my head. The seventh placed the priestly diadem on me and filled my hands with incense, in order that I might serve as priest for Yahweh Elohim. And they said to me, Levi, your posterity shall be divided into three offices as a sign of the glory of Yahuwah who is to come. The first lot shall be great. No other shall be greater than it. I think this is, this is just opinion. I think this is Moshe. The second shall be in the priestly role. I think this is Aharon and his sons. But the third shall be granted a new name because from Yahuda a king will arise and shall found a new priesthood in accord with the Gentile model of the people for all nations, being the Messiah, the priest of Melchizedek. And if we talked a little bit about this, I think, in Simeon, 
but we discussed this in great detail in we when we did our study of the Hebrew Gospel of Matthew, the very first um, the very first part, the first chapter when we go over Messiah's lineage. I believe that Messiah came from Judah and Levi, which makes sense because he's a king and a priest. He would come from the kingly line and the priestly line. And so we see here through the Testament of Levi, we see prophesying that the three offices, and, I, and again, this is just um, the understanding I have this time, Moshe, Aharon and his sons, and then Messiah as the, the uh, king and priest after the order of Melchizedek. So I want to read a little excerpt um, from the writings of Abraham um, chapter, where are we at? Chapter 95. So we've got quite a ways to go. Chapter 95 about the Melchizedek priesthood. Reason being is we don't get a whole lot. We get, of course, a little um, little touch in Genesis 14, and we get a couple prophecies in the Psalms, and you got Paul basically saying, or whoever the writer of Hebrews is saying, you know, I want to teach you more about Melchizedek, but um, I, I still have to teach you the basics. You're not ready for this. I think we have... I think you'll see that Paul quoted uh, this book here because we don't get it, this information anywhere else. Chapter 95 of the writings of Abraham. And when I had done this, Melchizedek again lifted up his voice and blessed me, saying, this is when he was blessing Abraham, Blessed are you, Abraham, for the Most High Elohim shall visit you and shall bestow upon you riches and honor and lands for an everlasting possession because you have been true and faithful to the covenants which you have entered before him wherefore you shall continue to increase worlds without end and the glory of yahweh shall never depart from you the blessings of your fathers shall rest upon you and you shall stand at the head and in you and in your seat after you those who shall bear your priesthood shall all the nations of the earth be blessed Therewith I departed from Melchizedek, rejoicing in his blessing, for he was a man of faith who wrought righteousness. And when a child, he feared Elohim, and by his faith he stopped the mouths of lions and quenched the violence of fire when those of the evil combination sought to destroy him from off the face of the earth. Therefore, having been approved of Elohim, he was ordained and high priest after the order of the covenant which Elohim made with Enoch, which is after the order of the firstborn, even our father Adam. For this holy order came not by man, nor by the will of man, neither by father nor mother, neither by beginning or end of days, nor end of years, but by Elohim. And I believe this is what Paul was quoting, and I believe this is why uh, it gets a little lost in translation. When Paul quotes it, it makes it to think that Melchizedek could not have been Shem at this time, which I believe it was. The book of Yashar says it's Shem, uh, and many other writings. This book also says it was Shem at that time when Abraham was there. But it was, um, it was a uh, the, the priesthood itself was not given by father or mother, neither by beginning or end of days, but from Elohim. The Elohim ordained this lineage. For it was established in the beginning of the earth by the Ancient of Days, wherefore it is called the Order of the Ancients. And it was delivered unto men from the beginning by the calling of Elohim's own voice according to his own will through the voice of his priesthood, unto as many as believed on his name, and were faithful until they had obtained. Behold, these could transcend the veil according to the will of Elohim and commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn in heaven, and many were caught up to be with them. For Elohim had sworn unto Enoch and unto his seed with an oath by himself 
that everyone being ordained after this order and calling should have power by faith to break mountains, to divide the seas, to dry up waters, to turn them out of their course, to put at defiance the armies of the nations, to divide the earth, to break every band, to stand in the presence of Elohim, to do all things according to his will, according to his command, subdue principalities and powers, and this by the will of the Son of the only begotten of the Father, which was from before the foundation of the world. And men having this faith and coming up unto this order of Elohim, could be translated and taken up into heaven. Now, Melchizedek was a priest after this order, which is the holy order of Elohim. Therefore, he obtained peace in Shalom and was called the Prince of Peace. And his people wrought righteousness and obtained heaven, for they sought for the city of Enoch, which Elohim had before taken, separating it from the earth, having reserved it unto the latter days of or the end of the world. For Elohim had sworn with an oath that the heavens and the earth should should come together again and the sons of Elohim be tried even by fire. And thus Melchizedek, having established righteousness, was called the king of heaven by his people, or in other words, the king of peace. And they communed with those in the city of Enoch and in the city of Peleg and had access to them and were blessed all their days. Interesting. So back to Levi 8, verse 15. His presence is beloved. This is our Messiah. As a prophet of the Most High, a descendant of Abraham, our father, to you and your posterity will be, the, will be everything desired in Israel. And you shall eat everything attractive to behold. And your posterity will share among themselves Yahweh's table. From among them will be priests, judges, scribes, and by their word the sanctuary will be controlled. When I, This is, of course, talking about all the Levites. The priests and Levites. When I awoke, I understood that this was like the first dream, and I hid this in my heart as well, and I did not report it to any human being on the earth. Chapter 9. And after two days, Yehuda and I went with our father, Jacob, to Yitzchak, our grandfather. And my father blessed me in accord with the vision that I had seen, and he did not want to go with us to Bethel. When we came to Bethel, my father, Jacob, saw in a vision concerning me that I should be in the priesthood. And thus we came to Hebron to settle there. He arose early and paid tithes for all to Yahweh through me. And Yitzchak kept calling me continually to bring my remembrance, to bring to remembrance the Torah of Yahweh, just as the angel had shown me. And he taught me the Torah of the priesthood, sacrifices, whole burnt offerings, voluntary offerings of the first fruits, and peace offerings. Day by day he was informing me, occupying himself with me, and he said to me, be on your guard against the spirit of promiscuity, for it is constantly active, and through your descendants it is about to defile the sanctuary. So, as we saw in Reuben, Reuben was tempted with lust and fornication, and here we see in Levi, he's warning his seed, even though Levi himself stayed pure, he's warning his seed to come, that that's what they would struggle with. They would struggle with promiscuity. Promiscuity is defined as just multiple partners just not really caring about the sanctity of of these things and we know that this is a plague in our generation um, many of us men and women in this generation have struggled with this however this is a time that we walk away from these things and if, if this is something that if you have not watched Reuben this is something that you struggle with I would highly recommend going back and listening to part one which is the testament of Reuben Therefore, take for yourself a wife while you are still young, a wife who is free of blame or profanation, profanation, 
who is not from the race of the alien or Gentile nations. Before you enter the sanctuary, bathe. While you are sacrificing, wash. And again, when the sacrifice is concluded, wash. Present to Yahweh the twelve trees that have leaves, as Abraham taught me. And you want to be like, well, where's that? Where's that in the canon? There's nowhere in the canon of which 12 trees are to be as the wood beneath the offering. So not the wood themselves aren't the offering, but the wood that um, the, there's certain wood that needs to be presented. And that's that was preserved in Jubilees. Oh, okay. Jubilees 21 verse 12. And as regard, regard, I'm sorry, as regards the wood of the sacrifices, beware lest you bring other wood for the altar in addition to these. Cypress, bay, almond, fir, pine, cedar, savin, fig, olive, myrrh, laurel, laurel sorry, asphaltus, as, aspalathus, sorry, don't know that one. And of these kinds of wood lay upon the altar under the sacrifice, such as have been tested to their appearance, and do not lay thereon any split or dark wood, but hard and clean, without fault, a sound and new growth, and do not lay thereon old wood, for its fragrance is gone, for there is no longer fragrance in it as before. So there it is, the twelve types of wood to be on the offerings. And uh, back to chapter 9, verse 13. And from every clean living animal and bird, bring a sacrifice to Yahuwah. And we can we know that these clean and unclean were established way before Moshe was given the Torah and gave it to the children of Israel, wherein we learn about the clean and unclean in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14. However, we know that, well, Levi saw it in his time, and also Noah, when Noah was gathering the animals for the ark. He had to know which ones were clean and unclean. The unclean, uh, male and female, a pair, and and, and the clean, uh, seven pairs. So, And of all your first fruits and wine, bring the very first as a sacrifice to Yahweh and salt with salt every sacrificial offering. Chapter 10. And now, my children, observe the things which I commanded you. Since what I heard from my ancestors, I have told you. See, I am free of responsibility for your impiety or for any transgression in which you may commit until the consummation of the ages in leading Israel astray and fomenting in it great evils against Yahuwah. And you shall act lawlessly in Israel with the result that Jerusalem cannot bear the presence of your wickedness, but the curtain of the temple will be torn so that it will no longer conceal your shameful behavior. The torn veil. So he's prophesying about the torn veil. The, temp, the curtain of the temple will be torn. Matthew 27, 50 through 51. Yahushua, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, or the spirit, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks did rent. Some people would t lay blame here and see, ah, see, this, there's no way this... Um, um, there's no way this can be legitimate because how did Levi know about Jerusalem? Well, let's keep in mind that Jerusalem, it's Yerushalayim, it's, it just means city of peace. So it was named the city of peace long ago, way before it was actually called city of peace or Jerusalem or Yerushalayim, or it is Yerushalayim, the city of peace. But people would be like, ah, see, it wasn't named Jerusalem until... You know the Torah, so therefore, 
or not even the Torah, because the Torah says in the place it's prophesying, but not till later was it called actually called that. It wasn't even, it wasn't even their Jerusalem wasn't even their possession until David, until it was taken over from the Jebusites, but always Jerusalem. Verse four, you shall be scattered as captives among the nations, where you will be a disgrace and a curse. For the house which Yahweh shall choose shall be called Jerusalem, as the book of Enoch the righteous maintains. And I thought this was kind of interesting because when I read this, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the book of Enoch. And I'm like, that's not written anywhere in Enoch. And I, I'm going to say this next part with caution because a couple of years ago when I read Second Enoch, I was like, eh, I felt led to just put it down. And in searching, this was... This is in Second Enoch, and some people say, "Hey, this is um, it's Kabbalistic," and you know, I read this. So, in researching this, I read this, and I was like, "I didn't really see any of that." Now, I don't recommend this book yet. I, I've just, I only read it once. I only read it through all the way once, and I didn't see really any major red flags. It didn't feel the same to me as First Enoch, um, but nevertheless. I believe that the Testament of Levi is 100% legit. And it says here, For the house of Yahweh shall choose, shall be called Jerusalem, as the book of Enoch the righteous maintains. And here it is in Second Enoch 55.3, For tomorrow I shall go up on to heaven, to the uppermost Jerusalem, to my internal inheritance. The city of peace. Again, it, it would just been the city. If you're reading in Hebrew, I shall go up to the city of peace. So the house which Yahweh shall choose uh, shall be the city of peace, as the book of Enoch the righteous maintains. So, I'm not uh, recommending the, the second book of Enoch as inspired scripture. I just found it interesting that somehow the book of, of um, this, the Testament of Levi is somehow referencing that. That's not to say that that whole work is legit. I, I don't know. I've only read it once through, and I was like, there's some interesting things there, and there's some things I was like, eh, I don't know. But just wanted to share that. Chapter 11. I was 28 when I took a wife. Her name was Melka. She conceived and gave birth to a son, and I gave him the name Gershom because we were sojourners in the land. And I saw that as concerns him, he would not be in the first rank. And Kohath was born in the 35th year of my life before sunrise. And in a vision, I saw him standing in the heights of the midst of the congregation. This is why I called him Kohath, that is ruler of majesty and reconciliation. And she bore me a third son, Merari, in the 40th year of my life, and since his mother bore him with great pain, I called him Marari, that is, bitterness. Yochebed was born in Egypt in the 64th year of my life, for by that time I had a great reputation in the midst of my brothers. Chapter 12. And Gershom took a wife who bore him Lamne and Semei. And the sons of Kohath were Amram, Issachar, Hebron, and Uziel. And the sons of Marari were Muli and Moshe. Muli and Ephraim was, was in the other um, the other version. It wasn't Moses. And in the ninety fourth year, Amram took Yochebed, my daughter, as his wife, because he had, he and my daughter had been born on the same day. I was eight years old when I entered the land of Canaan, and eighteen years old when I killed Shechem. At nineteen years, I served as priest, and twenty eight years I took a wife. At forty eight, I entered Egypt. See, my children, you are a third generation. During my one hundred eighteenth year, Yosef died. And now, chapter 13, and now, my children, I command you, 
fear or reverence Yahweh, your Elohim, with your whole heart and walk according to his Torah in integrity. Teach your children letters also so that they might have understanding throughout all their lives as they ceaselessly read the Torah of Elohim. And we know Deuteronomy 6, part of the Shema, is that we're supposed to think and dwell on his Torah day and night as we walk, by the way, uh, to, our to our children diligently. Verse 3. For everyone who knows the Torah of Elohim shall be honored wherever he goes. He shall not be a stranger. He shall acquire many friends, many more friends than his parents, and many men will want to serve him and to hear the Torah from his mouth. Malachi chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, says Yahuwah Sabaoth. My covenant was with him of life and peace, of shalom, of chai and shalom. And I gave them... To, I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the Torah at his mouth for he is the messenger of Yahweh Sabaoth. And that Hebrew word is uh, malak, which is messenger or angel. Chapter 13, verse 5. Therefore, my sons, do righteousness on the earth in order that you might find it in heaven. Sow good things in your souls, and you will find them in your lives. If you sow evil, you will reap every trouble and tribulation. We see this in Galatians 6. Be not deceived. Elohim is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall... I'm sorry... But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Hallelujah. And we know the law, the Torah, is spiritual according to Romans chapter 7. Chapter 13, verse 7. Acquire wisdom in the fear, the reverence of Yahweh, because if captivity occurs, if cities and territories are laid waste, if silver and gold in every possession are lost, nothing can take away the wisdom of the wise man except the blindness of impiety and the obtuseness of sin says to acquire wisdom proverbs 7 2 my son if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you so that you incline your ear into wisdom and apply your heart to understanding yea if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hid treasures then shall you understand the fear of yahuwah and find the knowledge of elohim for Yahweh gives wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Wisdom itself is a better currency than anything we can have in this world. Anything. For if... Uh, Testament of Levi 13 verse 8. For if anyone preserves himself from these evil deeds, his wisdom shall be glorious even among his opponents. It will be found to be a homeland in a foreign territory and a friend in the midst of his enemies. Whoever teaches good things and practices them shall be enthroned with kings, as was Yosef my brother. Chapter 14. And now my children, 
I know from the writings of Enoch that in the end time, you will act impiously against Yahuwah, setting your hands to every evil deed. Because of you, your brothers will be humiliated, and among all the nations you shall become an occasion for scorn. For your father Israel is pure with respect to all the impieties of the chief priests who shall lay their hands on the Savior. Hello. As Heaven is pure above the earth, and you should be the light of Israel as the sun and the moon. Daniel 12.3 And they that shall be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So again, as heaven is pure above the earth, and you should be the lights of Israel as the sun and the moon. For what will all the nations do if you become darkened with impiety? You will bring down a curse on our nation because you want to destroy the light of the Torah, which was granted to you for the enlightenment of every man, teaching commandments which are opposed to Elohim's just ordinances. So he's talking about in the end times, they're going to lay their hands on the Savior, and they're going to be teaching commandments which are opposed to Elohim's just judgments. And this is this was the problem of the Pharisees. People often people often associate zealousness for Torah as being a Pharisee. Pharisees were zealous for their man-made traditions over the commandments of Elohim. Matthew 15, 7 through 9. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah <coughs> prophesy of you saying this people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me why but in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men so again teaching commandments which are opposed to elohim's just ordinances so he's prophesying the times of the the pharisees and the sadducees who were hypocritical Chapter 14, verse 5, You will plunder Yahweh's offerings. From his share you will steal choice parts, contemptuously eating them with whores. And out of covetousness you will teach the commandments of Yahuwah. This is what Messiah was talking about, that they had to always have the chief seats and um, they had to bind, they did the the uh, fleshly a binding of the of the Shema on their hands with the phylacteries and the box on their head and to be seen of man they pray so they can be seen of men uh, you know the, even now to this day when Jews when they pray they do the to be so, to be seen so righteous and you know to all these outward appearances out of covetousness you will teach the commandments of Yahuwah wedded women shall you pollute and the virgins of Jerusalem shall you defile and with harlots and adulteresses shall you be joined and the daughters of the Gentiles shall you take to wife purifying them with an unlawful purification and your union shall be like unto Sodom and Gomorrah we learn about this in Ezra 10 when they were in Babylon. They were marrying all kinds of Babylonian women. And when they left, when they were going back to Babylon, they had to, the, it was mainly the, the, the Levites and the priests that had done this, and they had to uh, separate from those wives. You will be inflated with pride over your priesthood. So we see that Levi um, Levi prophesies, not himself, but his his posterity will suffer with co uh, with, with covetousness, with pride, uh, with lust, fornication, um, uh, what, what was the other word? Promiscuity. So you will be inflated with pride over your priesthood, exalting yourselves not merely by human standards, but contrary to the commands of Elohim. With contempt and laughter, you will deride the sacred things. Chapter 15. Therefore, the sanctuary which Yahweh choose shall become desolate through your uncleanness and your, you will be captives in all the nations. And that's certainly what happened in 70 AD. And that's what we read earlier in Enoch that 
All of them will godlessly forsake wisdom, and in it a man shall ascend. And afterwards, the sanctuary shall be destroyed, and all the chosen root shall be dispersed among all the nations. Chapter 15, verse 2. And you shall be to them a revolting thing, and you shall receive scorn and eternal humiliation through the just judgment of Elohim. All who hate you will rejoice at your destruction. And unless you had received mercy through Abraham, Yitzhak, and Jacob, our fathers, not a single one of your descendants will be left on the earth. Chapter 16. Now, I have come to know that for 70 weeks shall you wander astray and profane the priesthood and defile the sacrificial altars. You shall set aside the Torah and nullify the words of the prophets by your wicked perversity. You persecute just men and you hate the pious. The words of the faithful you regard with revulsion. A man who by the power of the Most High renews the Torah. This is what Messiah was prophesied to do, to renew the Torah. Isaiah 42 or 43. He'll magnify the Torah and make it honorable. And we knew that's what Messiah did. He came to renew the Torah, renew the covenant, and renew everything. A man who, by the power of the Most High, renews the Torah, you name deceiver. And finally, you shall plot to kill him, not discerning his eminence. By your wickedness, you take innocent blood on your hands. I mean, this is so prophetic about our Messiah. And that's exactly what they call the Messiah, is deceiver. John 7, 10 through 13, But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret, then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, He is a good man. Another said, No, but he deceives the people. Howbeit no man spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. So he says, But he deceives the people. One, a man who by the power of the Most High renews the Torah, you name deceiver. Who else is that? That's Messiah. That is Messiah. And finally, you shall plot to kill him, not discerning his eminence. By your wickedness, you shall take innocent blood on your heads. I tell you, on account of him, by your holy places, shall be raised to the ground. You shall have no place that is clean, but you will be as a curse and a dispersion among the nations until he will again have regard for you and will take you back in compassion. Also, it's I meant to say up here. By your wickedness, you take innocent blood on your hands. And he was declared to be innocent, even by the person who um, betrayed him. Matthew 27, 3-5. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See you to that. And he cast down the pieces of the silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. So he was declared to be innocent blood. By your wickedness, you take innocent blood on your heads. And remember when he was being crucified, when Pilate was like, uh, he's washing his hands, I am clear of, of the guilt of this man. See yourself to it. And they said, his blood be on us and on our children. Wow. So, and earlier it said... Um, Earlier, I talked about here about the 70 weeks. I thought that was interesting. The 70 weeks you shall wander astray and profane the priesthood and defile the sacrificial altars. And that is really an interesting lead up to Daniel 9. 70 weeks are determined upon your people and upon your holy city to finish transgression and to make an end of sin. So the 70 weeks was this lead up. Here, I'm sorry. The 70 weeks 
that for 70 weeks you shall wander astray and profane the priesthood and defile the sacrificial altars. So 70 weeks are determined upon your people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So much going on here. But this is completely pointing to Messiah's final offering for sins is reconciliation and the destruction of Jerusalem. Well, let's watch. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. So 69 weeks. 69 weeks times seven. So these weeks are weeks of years. Weeks times seven. 483 years, which nailed it. Nail it to that moment. The street, the moment of Messiah. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off but not for himself and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with the flood and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. So let's break this down. Break this down. So he shall be cut off or die, but not for himself. He died for the people and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city of the sanctuary. This is destroying, you know, the 70 AD. And the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. After 70 AD, it was supposed to be desolate, remain desolate until the end times. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. This is Messiah. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. This is Messiah. He, we, we, I think most of us understand that it was a, a time of three and a half years was his ministry. And in the midst of that, that's that week, that's in the midst of those seven years. So three and a half years in, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of the abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. Desolate being Jerusalem. Jerusalem is, Jerusalem was prophesied to be the desolate one. So, and let's go back to Levi, chapter 17. So that was a really interesting lead-in to the 70 weeks prophecy uh, given in Daniel. <clears throat> because you have heard about the 70 weeks, listen also concerning the priesthood. And each Jew, and I'm just going to preface this. I, I, I prayed about this, and this is a, this is a tough one to really um, nail down who all these priests are in these different jubilees. This is something that I think I might do a study on later on by itself. So we're kind of just going to read through this. Uh, there's one part where we can see exactly where it is in time, but otherwise it's a little hard to pin down. Uh, this is one where I'd really love to hear from you all. If this is something that Yah has given you wisdom on, I'll just freely admit I don't have wisdom on this. So the book of Sirach says when you have wisdom on something, speak. And when you don't, zip it. So we're just going to read this. Because you have heard about the 70 weeks, listen also concerning the priesthood. In each jubilee, there shall be a priesthood. In the first jubilee, the first person to be anointed to the priesthood will be great. And he shall speak to Elohim as a father. And in his priesthood shall be fully satisfactory to Yahuwah. And in the days of his joy, he shall rise up for the salvation of the world. I'll just, yeah. In the second jubilee, the anointed one shall be conceived in the sorrow of the beloved one. And his priesthood shall be praised and shall be glorified by all. The third priest shall be overtaken by grief, and the fourth priesthood shall be with sufferings, because injustice shall be imposed upon him in a high degree, and all Israel shall hate each other, each one his neighbor. The fifth shall be overcome by darkness, likewise the sixth and the seventh. In the seventh there shall be pollution such as I am unable to declare in the presence of human beings, because only the ones who do these things understand such matters. Therefore they shall be in captivity and will be preyed upon, both in their land and their possessions shall be stolen.' 
And also in the fifth week, they shall return to the land of their desolation and shall restore anew the house of Yahuwah. So I believe this is the time of, of Ezra and, um, of course, Zerubbabel and all them coming back and rebuilding Jerusalem. So uh, from that time to here, you got me. In the seventh week, there shall come priests, idolaters, adulterers, money lovers, arrogant, Torahless, voluptuaries, pederists, those who practice bestiality. Probably, probably the time of um, the um, what we see in um, Ezekiel's time. He 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 gets a vision and sees these idolatrous uh, priests, and also in Messiah's time with the Pharisees and Sadducees. When ven chapter 18, when vengeance will have come upon them from Yahuwah, the priesthood will lapse. And then Yahuwah will raise up a new priest to whom all the words of Yahuwah will be revealed. He shall effect the judgment of truth over the earth for many days. And his star shall rise in heaven like a king, kindling the light of knowledge as day is illumined by the sun. And he shall be extolled by the whole inhabited world. Of course, this is talking about Messiah. This one will shine forth like the sun in the earth. He shall take away all darkness from under heaven, and there shall be peace in the earth. The heavens shall greatly rejoice in his days, and the earth shall be glad. The clouds will be filled with joy, and the knowledge of Yahuwah will be poured out on the earth like the water of the seas. And the angels of glory of Yahuwah's presence will be made glad by him. Who is this? Well, Isaiah 11, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of Yahuwah shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of Yahuwah, seven spirits. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of Yahuwah, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked verse 9 they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth for all the earth shall be full of the knowledge of Yahuwah as the waters cover the sea so here it is the heavens shall greatly rejoice in his days the earth shall be glad the clouds shall be filled with joy and the knowledge of Yahuwah will be poured out on the earth like the water of the seas and so we see that here they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for all the earth shall be full of the knowledge of Yahuwah as the waters cover the sea. And I believe this is during the, the millennial reign when Messiah is ruling uh, the nations from New Jerusalem. Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of Yahuwah as the waters cover the seas, like the waters of the seas. The not joy and knowledge of Yahuwah will be poured out on the earth like the water uh, of the seas. Levi 18.5. Verse 6, the heavens will be opened, and from the temple of glory, sanctification will come upon him with a fatherly voice, as from Abraham to Isaac. And this is when he says, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. But it says here, the heavens will be opened, and from the temple of glory, sanctification will come upon him with a fatherly voice, as from Abraham to Isaac. So it's really interesting here <clears throat> that... The whole scene and image of Abraham being asked to offer up Isaac and Abraham willing to do it, and then Yah stops him, of course, that was done in the similitude of the Most High giving his son. Jasher 23, 43, 45. Oops, a little fast. 
And Abraham went with Isaac toward the place that Elohim had told him. And on that third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place at a distance which Elohim had told him of. And a pillar of fire appeared to him that reached from the earth to heaven, and a cloud of glory upon the mountain, and the glory of Yahweh was seen in the cloud. And Abraham said, Isaac, my son, do you see in that mountain which we perceive at a distance that which I see upon it? And Isaac answered and said to his father, I see in low a pillar of fire and a cloud, and the glory of Yahweh is seen upon the cloud. And Abraham knew that his son Isaac was accepted before Yahweh for a burnt offering. And then, of course, uh, a little bit later on, at that time, Yahweh appeared unto Abraham and called to him from heaven and said to him, Lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do you anything unto him, for I, for now I know that you fear Elohim in performing this act and in not withholding your son, your only son, from me. Hallelujah. Levi 18, verse 7, And the glory of the Most High shall burst forth upon him, and the spirit of understanding and sanctification shall rest upon him in the water. That's that baptism moment with a fatherly voice, as from Abraham to Isaac. And the glory of the Most High shall burst forth upon him, and the spirit of understanding and sanctification shall rest upon him in the water. Come on. Is that not the baptism scene? Matthew 3. And Yahusha, when he was baptized, went straight, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the spirit of Elohim descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The heavens will be opened. The heavens were opened. I mean, this is so precisely messianic. And this this is how I, I, I just, in my Ruach, I know this is true because the Dead Sea Scrolls are all pre-Messiah. These are written pre-Messiah. I believe this came from Levi, but of course we understand that all writings were destroyed when the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem. And in Ezra's time, everything was rewritten. I believe that this was that I believe that what was preserved in the Dead Sea Scrolls is what Ezra and the uh, the scribes were tasked to to rewrite. Levi eighteen eight. For he shall give the majesty of Yahweh to those who are his children in truth and Torah forever, and there shall be no successor for him from generation to generation forever. Get out of here, fly. For he shall give the majesty of Yahweh to those who are his children in truth forever, and there shall be no successor for him from generation to generation forever. He is the high priest. He is the king. There is none that match him. He is the one. He is the prophesied one. He is the son of Yahuwah. John 1. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of Elohim, even to them that believe on his name. What an opportunity we have. Praise be to Yah for sending his son. Verse 9 of chapter 18. And in his priesthood the nations shall be multiplied in knowledge on the earth, and they shall be illumined by the grace of Yahuwah. But Israel shall be diminished by her ignorance and darkened by her grief. And his priesthood sin shall cease, and Torahless men shall rest from their evil deeds, and righteous men shall find rest in him. Where is that? I didn't have this in the notes, but that's in Isaiah 2. And it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of Yahweh's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come, 
Let us go up to the mountain of Yahuwah, to the house of the Elohim of Yaakob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, forth the Torah, and the word of Yahuwah, our Messiah, from Jerusalem. And he, the word, shall judge among many nations, and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Yaakob, come ye, let us walk in the light of the Torah. Of Yahuwah. So again, in his priesthood shall the nations be multiplied in knowledge on the earth, and they shall be illumined by the grace of Yahuwah, but Israel shall be diminished by her ignorance and darkened by her grief. And his priesthood sin priesthood sin shall cease. Sin shall cease. And Torahless men shall rest from their evil deeds, and righteous men shall find rest in him. And he shall open the gates of paradise. He shall remove the sword that has threatened since Adam. And he will grant to the elect to eat of the tree of life. Hallelujah for that. That's another promise he gives us. Revelation 2. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of Elohim. Revelation 22, 2, in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bare 12 manner fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I don't know about you, but I would like to eat of that. 18, 12, and Belial, or Satan, shall be bound by him. We read about that in Revelation 19 through 20. And he shall grant his children the authority to trample on wicked spirits. And Yahweh will rejoice in his children. He will be well pleased by his beloved ones forever. Then Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov will rejoice. And I shall be glad, and all the, ch the elect shall be clothed in righteousness. Hallelujah. Sit down with Abraham and Isaac. Matthew 8. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that actually goes along with what he said earlier. Right here. But Israel, this was of course former Israel, shall be diminished by her ignorance and darkened by her grief. But the, the children of the kingdom, the original tenants in the in the vineyard shall be cast on the outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth then abraham isaac and Jacob will rejoice and i shall be glad and all the elect shall be clothed in righteousness hallelujah also i meant to say here in verse 12 belial satan shall be bound by him, and he shall grant to his children the authority to trample on wicked spirits luke 10 and the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Master, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And I believe he does give us that power today. We have the ability to pray over anoint with oil and cast out demons. It's true. It happens today. People may not be flopping over the ground and vomiting and foaming, but it still happens today. Chapter 19. And now, my children, you have heard everything. Choose for yourself light or darkness, the Torah of Yahuwah or the works of Blyre, Satan. 
And we learn in, uh, I think it's Revelation 16, that the kingdom of the beast is filled with darkness, whereas in the kingdom of Elohim is filled with light. And that's our choice today, brothers and sisters. Deuteronomy 30. See, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil, and that I command you this day to love Yahweh your Elohim, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and Yahweh your Elohim shall bless you in the land where you go to possess it. But if your heart turn away, so that you will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other Elohim and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish, and that you shall not prolong your days upon the land where you go, where you pass over the Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both you and your seed may live, that you may love Yahweh Elohim, and that you may obey his voice, and that you may cleave unto him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which Yahweh swore unto your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Isaiah 5.20, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Basically, woe unto those who call the Torah bad, and who call Torahless deeds good, to walk away from the Torah being good. Isaiah 20, To the Torah and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Very clear. So, Again, Levi says, And now, my children, you have heard everything. Choose for yourself light or darkness, the Torah of Yahuwah or the works of Belial, Satan. And we learned a little bit about uh, light earlier. Well, John 3.16, most popular verse right afterwards, is the clearest or most obscure parable about keeping Torah, the Messiah taught. For Elohim so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For Elohim sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of Elohim. Now listen, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Remember, my children, you have heard everything. Choose for yourself light or darkness. Torah, light. The Torah of Yahuwah, light, or the works of Belial, Satan, darkness. So, again, I say, this is the condemnation that light, Torah, is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the Torah. They loved evil deeds rather than the Torah because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light, the Torah. Neither comes to the light, the Torah, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, Torah, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in Elohim. So again, choose for yourself light or darkness, Torah of Yahuwah, the works of Belial, Satan. And his sons replied, Before Yahuwah, we will live according to his Torah. And their father said to them, Yahuwah is my witness, and his angels are witnesses. And you are witnesses, and I am witness concerning the word of your mouth. And his sons said, We are witnesses. Then Levi finished giving instructions to his sons. He stretched out his feet on his bed and was gathered to his fathers, having lived 137 years, confirmed in the book of Jasher. And they put him in a coffin and later buried him in Hebron with Abraham, Yitzchak, and Jacob. And thus is the end of the book or the testament of Levi. I pray it was a blessing to you, brothers and sisters. Let's pray. We're going to pray and then i uh, got a, a new song I'd like to share with you. 
Heavenly Father, Yahweh Most High, we come before you and we bless you and praise you, Father. Thank you for sending your Son, Messiah Yahusha, who is with you since the beginning, Father, that all things that were created in this earth, including us, heaven, the earth, and everything contained was was created through you and through your Son, Messiah Yahusha. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to have our sins forgiven and to be sons of Elohim through Yahusha HaMashiach. Thank you, Father, for preserving your Torah and giving us light in these last days to see that your Torah is good and it's true and it's to be followed and is sweeter than honey and there is great reward in keeping it. Father, we just ask that you continue to give us wisdom and understanding, Father, and we just thank you so much and bless you in Messiah Husha's name. Amen and hallelujah. So um, we're just going to share a quick uh, quick new song with you. It's... Um, Psalm 13. It's Psalm 13 word for word. So if you want to, I don't have the lyrics on screen yet, but if you want to follow uh, line by line, it's uh, Psalm 13. Uh, it's something I've been working on for a little bit, but um, really releasing it now is kind of, you know, kind of timely. Um, it's not done. I still need to do some editing and stuff, and I'll, I'll end up making a, um, a video for it with lyrics on the screen. But figured I'd like to just at least share a, a rough copy with you all now. So uh, blessings and shalom to you in Yahushua's mighty name. Shalom. Here's Psalm 13. Those that trouble me rejoice when 